The following podcast may cause you to change your understanding of what it really means to be a human being. Side effects may range from a minor loss to complete annihilation of ego, a feeling of merging with something bigger than previously conceived, and a deep, abiding peace. Please, continue at mortal risk to yourself as a separate entity. Welcome. Enjoy. Greetings, 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 all one-time lif- listeners, or lifners, or lifters. This is Ken Jenkins, humble host. Welcome to another episode. Not sure what number this is at the moment. Um, this is actually going to be my first run through this. It's a uh, probably going to be a shorter episode, and it's to share openly and sort of for the record for my daughter um but anyone else that can relate the meaningfulness of a particular song um that carried me through some difficult times uh when my daughter was growing up and i couldn't be with her when i was in america and she was all the way across the atlantic in sweden and the idea for this podcast came about a month ago when I was sharing, uh, I shared the song with my daughter and told her how it's, the song is Kathy's song by Simon and Garfunkel, but I, for me, it was Saga's song. And I modified just one word in the lyrics <clears throat> from England to Sweden, which works phonetically quite well. And after I shared the song with her, I, I shared it with my wife. I, I read through the lyrics, and in doing so, it was, um, it was heart-wrenching. And, and it was so powerfully emotive for me, and I realized that it, it takes some time to parse out the lyrics and to elaborate not extensively but sufficiently on the the context that they had the contextual meaning of each lines or or set of lines and that uh it's worth since i have this little endeavor project hobby to um to record it and share it so that's what this episode's going to be about at least this first run through, I'm going to try, see how I, I do if I get through it. I I may cry. It's not my intention. I may get through it without a tear. You know, sometimes it's interesting when there's been some tragic news and or or perhaps at a funeral or something, I'll, I may be devastated by the event, whatever it is, but at the point of sharing it or communing with others about it in that fellowship i may not have that sadness uh reappear and i've questioned uh, early on in some of those difficult passages when maybe we've lost a classmate or something um, back in the early days of of experiencing death in my life um 
I felt that, oh, I'm supposed to be more sad. What's wrong with me? And, and I just learned that through experiencing others uh, dealing with grief in various ways that, you know, it has its time and place and it's going to hit each of us in different ways. Sometimes we may feel like laughing and maybe it's uh, a classic defense mechanism or maybe it has, uh, you know, it's, it's roots in uh, reflection of the joy that the, the one who's gone had, had brought to us um, or our own need to laugh, to buffer the sadness that's coming or has been there or will return um, or is underlying the surface <clears throat> of the smiles, whatever it is. Uh, there's no predicting how this is going to go. Um, but indeed it's, uh, man, this, this song in that passage of my life, was very meaningful for me so <clears throat> this is going to be a lot of filling in the spaces between the words um and giving context some personal storytelling i guess and i will well i can't play the song for copyright purposes so i'll uh give it a go myself So apologies in advance, um, and I'll be reading the lyrics and giving context, and I think I'll do that first, and then I'll, I'll sing it later uh, if, if this plan pans out. <clears throat> so big picture, um, you know, I... I had experienced divorced parents uh, in my either tweens or early teens. I'm not sure when it actually happened. If I was 13, um, when the final decision was made, it had been going on for some years, the sort of falling apart of my family. And, and as an adult, and especially going through uh, recovering from this burnout and trying to find all the places that need adjustment, correction, augmentation with new perspectives or support or understanding. Um, it's become apparent how monumental those events were in my young life, those big events, and, and how they really shaped sort of my inner architecture and <clears throat> how it uh, relates to and deals with uh, my relationship with the, the outside world, the inside me and the outside, and how the two come together. And anyways, in that process of healing, uh, these, these things have stood out as prominent. Um, the, you know, loss of the, the family unit at that younger age. Um, and wanting to be, my dad worked a lot and uh and now you know i have a six-month-old son who is away across the baltic at the moment that's the this is the first time i've been separated from him and it's just heartbreaking and i i love video chatting with him and when he sees me he smiles and we connect but i i just cannot wait to hug him and hold him again and as I experience this joy, which is amplified by 
what I had missed with my daughter, and I knew I was missing it at the time. Uh, it's not that I was ignorant of what I was missing out on. But certainly you can't really know the depths of it until you have that direct experience yourself, as I do now with my son. Um, I, I reflect in these periods now on the imbalance of the perceived expected normal of family structure, um, especially in the West, uh, where I grew up in the sort of, you know, post-industrial capitalist society where the, the mother is home with the child and the father works. And, you know, this is expected. Uh, and there's, you know, there, there can be the, the whole social acknowledgement of, you know, validation or shame, um, you know, with your corresponding role in the uh, in, according to society's expectations, I am so grateful. This is a silver lining of the illness. I'm so grateful to be able to have had more time with my son than I otherwise would have if I was still locked into the juggernaut of uh, working obsessively, you know, just a, an enormous saturation of the, the self and actions and doing and aim um, with the job to be done for an office uh, with, a, with an agenda and interest that was separate from the personal agenda or interest in family. I'm, I'm so grateful that that's been a silver lining in my detachment from that level of work experience. With all of its negatives, there are positives too, and they should not be missed. Um, so it's been important to me since I was quite young to be a great partner and to find a great partner and to have a, a healthy balance and to navigate the troubled waters together successfully. And as a parent to be, well, it was, I said this to my best friend uh, a few times growing up, I wanted to be the best father and the best husband, best relative, best that I could be. But I wanted, that was my striving goal was, you know, to, to be the husband that is um, attentive, not just sufficiently, but um, abundantly. And to be the father who is also engaged and attentive uh, in an abundance of, of love, affection, connection, support, uh, validation, appreciation, affirmation. So when the time came in my life, uh, when I was engaged with my daughter's mom, and then we got disengaged, um, that was her call. She had fallen out of love with me, it seemed. And then we got, then she uh, was interested in getting back together. And of course I was too. And, and so we were sort of slowly doing that. Um, and then we got pregnant and decided to have our daughter be born in Sweden. And then 
after that happened and get married here and then we would return to the states and we would both finish school uh, her with her phd me with my master's uh, before our daughter or our child at the time we didn't know um, would be school age and then come back to sweden for uh, our child to go to school and it didn't turn out that way um, for various reasons that i i don't think I'll ever go into because they're they're not all my own. My own reasons are my own, but you know it takes that that dance is is not a solo performance. Um, and as it as many of these sort of relationship related uh, struggles or conflicts or what have you that are worthy of sharing, um, if they still involve a person that's you know still changing, healing, growing, I think it's not the most helpful uh, sometimes it is, but in this case, I feel it's not to mm, color those blemishes again as, as they may have been fading in time. Uh, so I won't go into those details, but you know, our, our marriage ended up uh, ending and I, I was uh, told that I guess I can share this. Um, the The plan would be, you know, yes, I'll I'll go to the states. I'll get us a place uh, to live, and they would follow, and um, and we'd go on with the plan. And after I got to the states, uh, communication slowed and stopped, and I was really like, "What's going on?" And ended up with the divorce via email and um and the dizzying heartbreak of not being able to achieve those two most important life goals for me to be a great husband and a great father it was an upside down world it was the the nightmare scenario it was the the last thing i wanted relative to the most important things that i saw life has to offer and pretty much still do. I would extend those connections, you know, beyond partner and child to others as well. Um, and not just other people, but other life. But those certainly close to you are the most important. Um, and together, there's the greatest capacity for influencing, uh, creating a better world for each other and uh, beyond. So there's still paramount in importance in terms of what I think uh, we can do with the time that we have while we're here. And they were gone and it was, it was really, really heartbreaking. And I had, um, as per plan, joined the master's program um, to study urban planning. And it was, you know, like during that whole episode, I was being divorced and losing my family and had to struggle through court and um, was very, you know, much like not wanting conflict and, you know, willing to go along with whatever seemed to be the most conflict free, which was not my agenda rather, but um, for the, the greater peace, especially for my daughter whatever would create the greater peace in her uh, home environment, which resulted in me living in the States and visiting uh, my daughter uh, a couple times a year in Sweden. 
for uh, about 20 days at a time, like sort of two full weeks with a couple of days in between uh, rest and a couple of days of travel. So, and in the States, you don't have that allotment of vacation. So it was a lot of leave without pay time. And I'm glad I could do that, but that, that was, uh, that was, I mean, I, I cannot say just to call it terribly painful seems like a weak greeting card level of reality. It, but it was horrible. And the most painful times uh, during those approximately 12 years when we were separated by the ocean, um, the saddest moments of my life happened during then whenever I would be coming to the last day of visiting with my daughter and it was time to return to the States and all the time that I would be visiting I was checking if it was safe for me to return to Sweden now if it was stable and until she was 12 every visit the answer was no um, you know I could see it would be disruptive in a detrimental way to her uh, and, until that summer in 2012 when I visited and I realized that it would be all right and that was was wonderful and I'm so glad to be here now but during those that period that last day of my visit was very 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 difficult and every time it was the worst and then life then was kind of like my real life, my real living of, of joy and fulfillment was when I was able to be in Sweden with my daughter. And the times in between, though they were the vast majority of the times, you know, 47 weeks out of a year or something, I was in the US away from my daughter. That was kind of the in-between time. And I did the best I could with that time. But I was also or often quite gloomy and heartbroken and bereft and couldn't, and it, I could not, nor did I want to share that bereavement with anyone because it's terribly sad. It's like, hey, I have a disease. Do you want to feel what it's like? You know, do you want me to share some of it with you? Um, there may, then there have been compassionate souls, uh, good friends, and thank you so much, friends, for being there. But, you know, the, those are rare occasions to really share that. Even in talking about it with others, it was merely a, a Cliff's Notes version of what was going on, not a uh, sort of deep connection of, of sharing the, the darkness and the misery. You know, I've talked on this podcast about meditating and you know something I like to do in meditation is uh, or have liked to do I haven't done this in a while maybe this is a reminder for me but um, you know to know right now as you're listening to this right now as I'm recording this it, there's a, a beautiful enormous whale gliding through the icy waters of an ocean somewhere scooping up krill and you know experiencing its 
life at the center of its universe here and now and etc etc and i would do that often in with my daughter i would every week i'd write her a postcard and send it and that was great and we tried skype when that came out and at first it was a little difficult the technology was a bit difficult and and it was a, a difficult age to i think for my daughter to to comfortably connect uh with her mostly absent dad um you know via a little screen as that was also a new thing um but i would i would write her weekly uh, and send her a postcard and that was lovely and and otherwise i would just connect with that sort of mental emotional exercise of, of just recognizing she exists and she is right now you know with consideration of the time difference probably experiencing this activity of sleeping or this breakfast or you know whatever it was at the time so that's the that's the sort of grand context uh, within which this song and its meaning plays out and so i'll i'll read that a bit so this is kathy's song by simon and garfunkel and i just modify the word england for sweden and changes to saga's song so it starts out i hear the drizzle of the rain. And to me right away, I'm, I'm in a place that's a bit melancholy. It's, it's the rainy day when for one reason or another, you're alone, at least for some period before you go out the door, after you return home from work or school or it's a weekend and it's rainy and you're not going out because uh, you don't need to. It's There's a melancholy introspective nature to those sort of gray, drizzly days. So right away, I'm there with that first line. I hear the drizzle of the rain. Like a memory, it falls. And these are the memories that I cherish every moment that I had been able to have with my daughter. Soft and warm, continuing. So sort of the rain just keeps coming, pittering, pattering, filling the space, the atmosphere with the saturation of its essence, its moisture, its mist, its, it's the nature of that rain tapping on my roof and walls, you know, there it is, right there, tapping on the window. It doesn't go away. You might distract yourself from it for a moment, but it is ever present. And from the shelter of my mind, because that was my cave of safety, through the window of my eyes, so from within the refuge of whatever emotional, mental fortifications I've been able to put up to save me in the survival mode through this difficult period. Looking out from that 
unknown within, unknown to others, you know, looking out my eyes, I gaze beyond the rain-drenched streets to Sweden where my heart lies. So I look past this gray gloom, casting my heart's gaze across the Atlantic to Sweden where my baby is, where she's laying, where she's playing, where she's singing, eating, cooing, exploring, growing, learning. My mind's distracted and diffused. Tell me about it. I mean, I was trying to get my master's and I was a fish out of water in that program. I remember in the intro to GIS course, which unbeknownst to me at the time would become a center of, of my professional career. Um, on the syllabus or whatever in the instructions for the first day exercise, not on the syllabus, but the instructions for the exercise, it said um, cut and paste something. And I then looked back to the syllabus and was looking for scissors and glue. Literally, I was that far removed from the technology at that beginning stage of the master's program. And I was contending with this, you know, hundreds of tons of, of emotional weight constantly, continuously churning and burdening my soul while trying to negotiate intellectually the demands and rigor of the master's program. And so, yeah, this line, my mind's distracted and diffused, I totally related to. My thoughts a million miles, my thoughts are many miles away. They lie with you when you're asleep and kiss you when you start your day. And she didn't know it, but that's where her dad's mind was. And I just wanted to always let her know that I loved her, that she has a daddy, that he didn't run away from her. And someday, which is now past, someday we'd be able to talk about what happened. I'm so grateful that we've been able to have that conversation now. She's 21. Though we had it last year when she was 20. So, um, yeah, that while she's lying in bed, I'll read that again. My mind's distracted and diffused. My thoughts are many miles away. They lie with you when you're asleep and kiss you when you start your day. Oh, excuse me. And a song I was writing is left undone. I don't know why I spend my time writing songs I can't believe 
with words that tear and strain to rhyme. And this, this leads nicely into the next verse too. So the song I was writing is Left Undone, which was kind of like the, the song of romance that I was writing as, you know, this path that I thought I was on in life to have found a partner and gotten married and made that firm, permanent, indelible commitment and to have a child and have that unquestioningly indelible commitment firmly in place. It had been conceptually an impossibility that that would disappear. Uh, and that was the song that I was writing. And in the end, it was just a jumble of fantasy of ideas that did not connect with the reality that I was experiencing. So again, through those lines, and a song I was writing is left undone. I don't know why I spend my time writing songs I can't believe with words that tear and strain to rhyme. And so you see, I have come to doubt all that I once held as true. So all of these notions of if you are committed and you put in the time and effort and heart, albeit chock full of mistakes, errors, missteps, conciliatory gestures of repair and remorse and trying genuinely for continuous improvement, constant reevaluation, accepting limitation, accepting the youngness and dumbness that comes with youth as an automatic prize for being open-minded and free yet of the burdening experiences that accumulate during life, typically that we then hopefully learn to unburden ourselves from, detach from, free ourselves from, but learn from. They're not empty. They're, they've got gifts. We just got to learn to appreciate those gifts, uh, take them for, for what they have to offer and not hang on to the negatives. Just learn from that too, to forgive and forget and let go and grow on. So yeah, and so you see, I have come to doubt all that I once held is true. I stand alone without beliefs. The only truth I know is you. I had written an email at one point uh, to, well, uh, to <laughs> my daughter's mom's dad, which turned out to had, have been my daughter's mom just trying another route of, of uh, convincing me to let them go. And in this email from what I thought was him, he said that I should just leave, leave the child be. And 
and he's he she said many other things um which just don't quite have sufficient merit to share here but uh but difficult hurtful things and my reply to what i thought was him was that i i feel like i am merely trying to bear a storm that i'm merely trying to stand in place that i'm not trying to be aggressive or troublesome but that this is my daughter and then i thought this is how life is like how can this not be i am a i am a father who wants nothing more than to be a good husband and a wonderful dad and now i find i'm standing alone i mean even with the closest people to me i could not share the grief of this because i would not want to and it's always been that way it's with my wife now that i have shared deeply and beautifully all of these griefs as a big part of our connection is the comfort with an ease with which we connect and share and hold each other and hold each other's truths and acknowledge them and make space for them or not even make space just enjoy the space that they create and and hang in there but i hadn't met her yet and this is a difficult burden and it's not something as i've said i wanted to impose on anyone else a burden shared is a burden halved but i didn't want to half this burden with anyone seemed an unkindness uh, not to say there weren't family and friends that were there for me it's just how much could i share so yeah and so you see i have come to doubt all that i once held is true i stand alone without beliefs the only truth I know is you, my darling daughter, Saga. You are the one truth. You are the North Star guiding my ship. You are the light that I am called to and nothing else. And as I watch the drops of rain weave their weary paths and die, I know that I am like the rain there, but for the grace of you go I. So it comes full circle. As I watch the drops of rain weave their weary paths and die. I mean, here we are back at the beginning, back in the rainy day and the, the melancholy gray and the introspective thoughtfulness and the moodiness and the the isolation that the rainy day sort of creates within the box of one's home of one's mind metaphorically and it continues and these drops of rain weave some path through the atmosphere of, of changing forces and 
die on the ground, changing their form, dissolving into the unity of all water, eventually finding its way into the groundwater, into a stream, back to the ocean, evaporating back up in the clouds, condensing again, raining, wonderful cycle, good metaphor, but that extension doesn't apply in this song. I just can't help myself with that one. I know that I am like the rain, weaving my weary path while I am here in this form and there to Sweden, which was painful. And I'm so grateful to have had the wonderful friends that I have here in Sweden, which who I'd met in the States before I ever met a Swedish woman or thought that I'd be living in Sweden. That's a quite a wonderfully bizarre coincidence. Um, so grateful for them. But yeah, I mean, it was bleak coming here to Sweden. It was, it was difficult. And there, but for the grace of my daughter, went I to return to sort of the lion's den in a way. And, uh, and face the difficulty and the, the heaviness of emotion and reconnection and, and re-loss. So, yeah, that's, that's it, I guess. That's Saga's song. And the way music, the way melody, even without lyric, carries an emotion, a mood, it just, you know, is plucking our heartstrings in time along with the tune, the, the, excitement or joy or the sadness or the hesitation in music or whatever it is, you know, the, the full throttle, you know, whatever the energy is. It's spoken to us without words. And the melody of this song is well fit. It's well suited to the apparent purpose of the lyrics as far as I read them and and then the lyrics in combination just really creates what for me was uh, such an appropriate sadly appropriate theme for those difficult passages so I love you saw guy and I know you know that. I just wish I was able to let you know that as much as I had wanted to all through those years. And I hope that all of those spaces are able to be filled in throughout and since then. And I think they have been. as best we can, but I think so. I hope you do too. Ah, oh, gonna try to sing. <laughs> seems like a bad idea.
So if you have really good headphones, you might want to take them off. Uh, if you have any hearing problems, don't bother making any adjustments. Take it as a silver lining at the moment. Just go look up the song on Spotify. You could do that right now instead of hearing me sing it. But all right, for those that are still here. I hear the drizzle of the rain like a memory it falls soft and warm continuing tapping on my roof and walls and from the shelter of my mind through the window of my eyes. I gaze beyond the rain-drenched streets to Sweden where my heart lies. My mind's distracted and diffused. My thoughts are many miles away. They lie with you when you're asleep and kiss you when you start your day. The song I was writing is left undone. I don't know why I spend my time writing songs I can't believe. With words that tear and strain to rhyme. And so you see I have come to doubt All that I once held as true. I stand alone without beliefs. The only truth I know is you. And as I watch the drops of rain weave their weary paths and die, I know that I am like the rain, there but for the grace of you go I. Weary. I'm glad to be doing these podcasts. It is at least a mental health exercise for me. It, it has felt not, it's felt satisfying. That's not quite the word, but like cozy satisfaction in, in just putting the stuff out into the world and knowing that it is available for those who I love that I want to share these things with, to hear, to listen to, to take in, in their own time and space when they can. And to the greater portion of consciousness, the people I have never met that don't know me, any of the listeners, 
it feels good to share what appears to me to be the elements of being conscious in human form and to share with all conscious human forms that which to me appears what we all share in common those commonalities to highlight them to call them out to celebrate them and i would encourage i mean uh, you know how many podcasts are there at least at least 10 um so many too many to listen to but it's like there's one for everyone or there's 10 for everyone i mean i think there's probably 10,000 podcasts i don't know it's googleable i'm sure but a lot but there's like 8 something billion of us individual uh seemingly individual consciousness and human form beings so there's room it's still a pretty good ratio thank you for listening to this whoever's listened i love you saga and more and more all the time and i think that's how it goes which is pretty incredible seems to go that way when you have time with people you love the love only grows that's a wonderful thing so whoever you are have love for yourself and have love for the other and hopefully experience and appreciate the silver linings that come with what seem to be shitty gifts those challenges that crop up in life i really do believe they all have great gifts to give to so maybe it isn't a shitty gift maybe it's a shitty experience it has nice bonus gifts so appreciate those gifts that come with those difficult passages and learn from them become stronger for them build them into your lives don't reject them embrace them and for those parts that you need not embrace you don't have to reject them but don't hang on to them experience them accept them allow them and let them go and be here in this present moment and be ecstatic in the wonder of it because it's pretty wonderful to be here and to be aware of it we are atomic subatomic elements you know like from stardust stuck together through forces that are still mysterious to our curious minds trying to explore them with whatever instrumentation we can develop and apply and still the mystery is just vast 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 but with or without the 
instruments to, to subdivide and measure and quantify and calculate and predict. Even without that ability, we can still witness the fact that we are here, that I am sharing a voice of consciousness right now, that at first I may have identified as me, as I, but you just have to continue down that path a little further and realize and recognize that it is not only me and I, but each me and I and every single other uh, event of, of human consciousness. And it isn't even just limited to humans. This experience of consciousness continues to unfold and bloom and expand. And for the perspective of, you know, the, the little I, we're here and we're gone. How many billions have come and gone through our human history? Probably not countless, but it's a big number. And we continue that at this moment. And we are part of its continuation when this body, this representation of consciousness in human form is no longer, is dissolved back into its molecular, atomic, subatomic components. Energy is returned into the cycles of the universe, and the consciousness appears in other forms elsewhere. And I am grateful to fucking be here right now, to be able to be having this experience, to have a conscious awareness of consciousness, to share it. It's what motivates me and everything I do. It's a struggle to find the right fit then in making a living that's aligned with that, besides like becoming a priest or monk or something. If I lived in India, probably I would be some kind of, you know, ascetic or some devotee that is just, you know, surviving and witnessing and celebrating. Uh, but I am a householder. I have found myself along another path. And it's what I have chosen and, and I'm grateful for it. And I want to join with all the others uh, in the diaspora from source that are within this realm of uh, busyness and business and um, balancing material content to continue the functioning of our lives in a way that feels normal, comfortable, and I don't know, useful. And this is something I question and will press upon, the, the usefulness of it. Who is it useful for? By what measure? To what degree? To whom? Beyond the, the business entity or the individual, but as a society and as you know, future generations. Um, and these, these questions don't have answers necessarily, or at least immediate ones, uh, but it's a direction to, that I'm continuing to lean into and explore. And it seems meaningful, and I, I trust that there are others doing the same, and that 
It does not not matter. It does matter. It does matter. There is a simultaneous paradox of nothing matters. Uh, and that's fine. But short of that, it all matters. And that's the world I occupy. Uh, so until it's a return to source, it all matters. So being aware of my thoughts, words, actions, steps, potential influence is uh, an exercise of kindness and sharing the best that I think I have to share from my perspective. That feels good to do. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. So thanks for being here. And um, yeah, let me know what you think. If you have any comments, questions, whatever. It's nice to, to hear from any listeners. And I'm, uh, I will apologize if I am delayed in my response. I will, uh, I endeavor to continually improve, improve there too. It's sort of a function of, of energy capacity for me, which fluctuates significantly <laughs> throughout the week, even throughout the day. But it seems like there are periods of weeks or a couple of weeks where it's just, you know, depending on my activity. So anyways, your patience is appreciated. Uh, please know that I receive them in, in genuine gratitude. And um, whoever you are, I love you. And I hope that you love yourself too. And uh, thanks for being here. And until next time. Oh, yeah. All one time live at gmail.com. That's where you can drop me a note. All right. Until next time. Be well. Love yourself. Love others. Take care. Bye for now.